Well, what's up, folks? It is episode 94 here on a, what is it? Oh, yeah, Friday Eve, Thursday night. For those who like to keep track of the days of the week, as the week has gone by, obviously a good win for the Eagles this past Sunday versus Denver. And our own co-host being out there may have done the trick. So Fuji, thanks to him being out there with Ryan Reese, uh, Philly Sports Alliance, a lot of the guys, uh, Philly guy, there were so many people that in so many pictures he shared. So if you guys check out Fuji's Facebook page, normally you can find it under Mike Fuji Fiorimondo, but if you put in the Godfather, it just it comes up. So that's all you gotta do. Put in the Godfather, bam, all his pictures come up. But no, but thanks to Fuji and all those guys out there. Obviously, great win by the Eagles. All they need to do is now is remain consistent so we can see the product on the field again. Obviously, they play host to New Orleans. And thanks to that, we have TJ Jones back from the State of the Saints podcast, who did an amazing job with us last year. And by the way, was part of the first of the 100 episodes as next month, we're coming up on our 100th episode and we're planning on having on a big show that night. A lot of the former guests that we had on are going to come back to make some cameo appearances. So stay tuned for that. That should be in about the middle of December. And we'll give you an exact date when it's going to happen as soon as it happens. So we're going to recap what happened here with the Denver game. Dylan Spaulding's in back with us tonight talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get you ready for the local action along with yourself and a couple other things going on with Tampa. Of course, Fuji back in his man cave after traveling out to Denver, having a great time out there, getting an escape for four days. And of course, TJ Jones live from New Orleans, and he will give us all the latest and greatest with New Orleans. And uh, last year was a nail biter when it came to that game. So we'll see what happens this year. A lot of differences. We'll also get a hold or at least an update as far as what goes on with James Winston as he was making some great progress with the Saints. And obviously he lost out when it came to uh, playing back with the Bucks. So a lot to talk about tonight. We're hoping to have a great show tonight. With all that being said, I'm Angel and this is Broad Street South. As I'm live here at the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studios, I can never do the show without the Godfather himself. So here he is, live back from his man cave, the Godfather. Fuji, what's happening tonight? MVP, congratulations to number three on the Philadelphia Phillies, Bryce Harper. Well deserved. Zach Wheeler should have won the. Cy Young, but he didn't. But then again, congratulations to our man Bryce Harper, MVP of the National League. Flyers up 2 nothing. Week 11, Bird Saints, let's get this party started. How yes, are you, Angel? I'm doing pretty daggone good down here in uh, Tampa, of course, where it was a beautiful 82 degrees here. And I hear it's a little chilly back home, but it's okay. But 82 degrees down here in Tampa is about 75 tonight. And we're going to get back in the 80s tomorrow before the cool down happens this week. But next week, I'll be in the great state of Texas, if you want to call it that way. But I will be in Texas next week. So that should be fun. Uh, hopefully meeting up with a couple of people, but we shall see. But more out there for some much needed R&R. So uh, listen, it's it was a nice win. It was a great win for sure. I'm glad that the Eagles ended up pulling off the win. I, I'm going to tribute the win since you decided to go against the grain two weeks. And, and, you know, the one didn't work out, the one you called it last week, you decided to go with, come on, say who you went with. 
I went with the Eagles last week. Okay, there you go. So you went with the Eagles, and it's okay, Bruce, to win. But that's right, though. It's a lot of fun. Chris, how you doing, Tom? I see him. Uh, hopefully you and Kara are doing just fine, Tara. Um, <clears throat> pardon me as I'm losing my voice here a little bit. And uh, with all of us being on here tonight, it should be, again, a lot of fun. We thank those who are watching from whether it's Brazil or out there overseas, whether it be in China Ireland, uh, Ireland, Switzerland. So we, there's a lot of people that, that are now involved with the show when you appreciate it, as long with the local guy here, as we see Dylan Spaulding back again with us another Thursday night. Dylan, how are you this evening? I'm doing great, guys. And uh, Fuji, I got to re reiterate on MVP, it's MVB, most valuable Bryce. I mean, Bryce Harper winning the, the Bryce MVP. is right. <laughs> the Bryce is right. I like that. That was good. Uh, it's a great day. It's a great day in Tampa. We got a great week scheduled. We got the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. We got tournaments here in Tampa Bay with USF uh, playing Auburn on Friday. And we got a Jersey Mike Classic tournament event going on down in St. Pete. I mean, how can you not love Champa Bay here in this area? I got to put my sunglasses on. It's Champa, It's Tampa Bay time, baby. Let's go. <laughs> is it now? Fuji <laughs> loves it. He absolutely loves it. He just, matter of fact, he just purchased his Lightning hockey jersey not too long ago. But speaking <laughs> of, the Flyers are still up, correct, Fuji? 2 nothing. 2 nothing. And the Flyers are having a pretty good season so far to start of the season. But with that also being said, let's get the man in the hour here from the – well, you know what do I have? Hold on before I say it because I want to make sure I do the proper thing here. Give me a second, TJ. If you guys – and let me share it as I did the last time we were on – one thing is you can find them on YouTube. The other place that you can find TJ as well, as you guys can see right here on Twitter. A lot of people use it. Some people don't. But Timothy TJ Jones, the radio host, assistant director of 90.9 FM WLGI. Also, if you guys want to follow him, it's easy. TJ Jones, followed by the number eight, TJ Jones eight. And with that being said, we'll bring up the man of the hour. It is TJ. TJ, thank you for coming back with us. For a second year, and by the way, one of the early first of the 100 shows. So, TJ, thanks for coming back for the second time. We do appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. And you all do an awesome job here on this show. And thank you for having me back, man. I had such a great time last time. And looking forward to uh, talking with you all about this uh, game that we have coming up this time. Thank you for coming on, TJ. We appreciate it. Yeah. Listen, at uh, Obviously, a lot of things have happened with New Orleans, the same way it's happened with Philly. Mm -hmm. Teams are, are plagued by injuries this year, so it's not just both those. Yeah. Obviously, the Bucks, other teams as well. And Drew Brees, if I remember correctly, coming up, is it this week? No, it's coming up, I believe, the next New Orleans game where they're, they're doing yeah. the tribute to Drew Brees? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be on Thanksgiving. Uh, the Saints have a, a, a Thanksgiving game against the Buffalo Bills. And um, they're going to be honoring Drew Brees. Uh, you know, the last time uh, Drew Brees played inside the Superdome, uh, you know, his last game in the, in the defeat, you know, due to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, you know, I mean, nobody really was in there, you know, a couple thousand fans, and he didn't get the send-off that, you know, a, a guy of his caliber deserves. So um, it's only right and only fitting that he, he gets, uh, you know, his moment in the sun. I mean, for all the moments he gave us as Saints fans, so. Yeah, no, it's, and, and that's absolutely true there. And I want to, before we, we get into the, the current team here, when Drew Brees announced his retirement, and it's and it's tough because you hear from different media outlets, but when he announced right. his retirement, was it a complete shot for New Orleans fans? And what did you guys think as far as who you're going to get next? 
Well, it wasn't a shock to a lot of fans. And believe it or not, there were a lot of Saints fans that were looking forward to him retiring. A lot of people felt that he uh, he was, you know, leaving a, a lot, you know, to be desired, especially when it comes to, you know, the downfield dynamic of the team. Uh, but I guarantee you, you look at the New Orleans Saints now, some of those Saints fans are probably wishing that number nine <laughs> – put on the Saints uniform again this season. If you think about all the injuries they sustained and all of these uh, nail-biting uh, losses that they had over the last couple of weeks. But uh, all in all, you know, people were, you know, for the most part were upset and sad, you know, to see him go. I mean, this dude legitimized the franchise. I mean, there's no, no mistake about it. I'm a Saints fan, but I'm not a delusional Saints fan. The Saints stunk, right. you know what I'm saying, before Drew Brees right. got there. Only a few playoff wins over – In 1967 he legitimized his franchise and you have a, a strong fan base that probably don't even realize how bad the saints were you know if you're I, I i say here on the state of saints podcast quite often you know when i'm on the show and i say if you're 10 years old you you're 26 years old or 27 years old now the only thing you know is prosperity from the new orleans saints so i mean but there was a time where people weren't talking about the saints he legitimized the franchise and people appreciate his efforts. And, you know, for the most part, people were sad to see him go. I remember dating back, you know, Hurricane Katrina that, you know, Saints, you know, the Superdome was destroyed. I believe they played at Tulane Stadium. And, right. you know, they made their run with Reggie Bush, Joe Horn, right, Drew Brees. Like, you know, that right. team basically – resurrected that whole community and yep. you know they really went out after katrina helped out you know all the locals at the homes were damaged and you know yep. that just team that team came together and you know the saints won the super bowl and you know finally like you know drew Brees, drew Brees almost ended up going to the dolphins yeah no you know, that may not have happened and if he didn't go to the saints and right. to me i think sean page is one of the best coaches in football like yeah. him or dislike him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I won. I won mine. Had him as a coach. <laughs> actually, actually, he's a, actually he's a local. He's from uh, Cannon Square, which is right outside Philly. So yeah, that's true. And, those, and you're just talking about coaches. That, that's a good point. Before we get into to other things as well. So TJ, I know Drew Brees could and and still can do many different things. I know that broadcast booth is one of the bigger ones they want to call him up for. But if a team would come up for, I, I don't want to say head coaching, because I think he would have to go through the ranks. But then again, he may not have to. Do you believe that he would accept a head coaching position? I don't think so. You know, to be honest with you, I know he he coaches his son's flag football team, but I just think that's that's something that he just does to be close to his uh, his, his sons and you know get them involved in sports. But I don't see Drew Brees as being a coach. You know, I see Drew Brees mostly in like politics. Like it wouldn't surprise me to see Drew Brees in a couple of years uh, run for office. Like, I mean, if he ever run for governor of Louisiana, he'll win in the landslide. <laughs> <laughs> with no political experience but I, I see him more like as as a political figure because all the humanitarian work and all the things that he does in the community i think that uh you know he has some great ideas that he can bring to the forefront whatever you know city or you know that he would want to get 
as a coach. I, I don't see him as that. I think he's having a really good time. He's getting better each week, at, uh, you know, doing commentary and color commentary on NBC. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm happy to see him. You know, he's doing something that he loves to do. So, but I don't see uh, coaching in his future. Yeah, and I would love to. You know, it it would be great to see him it, if he would have trap. You're more likely absolutely right that he he probably wouldn't. But again, it's 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 due time definitely for him to get to get at least recognition from the Saints. Obviously, I know he's he's well missed. You can see it. I think there was some nervousness going into the season as well. And then you guys end up picking up Jameis Winston. Now, Jameis obviously not having such a successful career in Tampa. Went 30 for 30. Obviously, there's big talks about it. And so he goes to New Orleans. Teddy Bridgewater right. then gets shipped out of town. And right. so James comes in and he wants to change his mindset. He wants to work on what he lacked in Tampa Bay. Right. Comes in, has that crazy first week in Green Bay and looked like New right. Orleans was just going to go on a crazy tear. And it's been just like the Eagles kind of off and on here. But then right. come the Tampa Bay Bucks, they come into town and he wanted to play so well against them and then ends up getting that freak injury that ends up taking out. Prior right. to that injury, how well was Jameson adapted not only to just to, to the Saints, but to the actual community itself? I think a lot of people that had their reservations about Jameis Winston before he came to New Orleans changed their minds. I mean, look, I, I think even the biggest Tampa Bay fan, most of them love Jameis. They still do. You know, they talk about how good of a person he is, the leader that he is, the teammate that he was, you know, they and they enjoy cheering for him, you know, when, they, when he was in Tampa. And he started to change the minds of a lot of Saints fans. Now, you got some Saints fans, no matter what Jameis does, I mean, they're going to pay attention to his imperfections. But what I was saying was a guy that was dialed in. He was really focused on trying to change the narrative of what a lot of people thought about him. And he was making some good plays. And I think that if you look at the Saints wide receiver group and what they have right now in his numbers, you know, and how, you know, if people call him pedestrian, but I mean, look at the players around him for the exception of Alvin Kamara and, and maybe Deontay Harris. That's all he had. So, right. you know, it makes it even more impressive that he was able to go out there, throw for 14 touchdowns, three interceptions with that crew around him. So, it, I, to me, I think that he was playing a whole lot better. I think I, I think that a lot of people, you know, they look at Jameis Winston, they look at him throwing 30 interceptions, okay? So, they said if he, you know, limits the turnovers, he can be better. So, he limits the turnovers. Then all of a sudden, right. oh, he's limiting the turnover, but he's not doing enough. So what if 40 times and throws three interceptions? I mean, what you know what I'm saying? What would you think about him then? So for me, I feel like he was doing a really good job. He was taking what the defense gave him in most cases. Uh, he was getting better from week to week. And it was unfortunate he got uh, you know, hurt in that Tampa game. But he was playing completely different than weeks past. You can tell that game meant a lot to him. I mean, he was scrambling out of pocket, moving around a lot more than what he was doing in previous games. But it's unfortunate that it happened. But it's football. And uh, Jameis, I talked to his uh, representation, you know, and they said that, you know, if anybody can bounce back from injury like that, it's him. He's, you know, he had his surgery not too long ago, and he's going to get back to it real soon. And they talk about how good spirits he, he's in. You know, the fact that he's out for the entire season, they say you wouldn't even think that he is. But that shows you right. the type of person he is. 
Hey, Pooji, hold on, for you, hold on for your thought for a second. TJ, Sam504 uh, and a couple other people had, had stated that they couldn't hear your YouTube channel, and I actually brought up your YouTube channel, and okay. there's there's barely any sound that's coming out of yours, so I don't know if you want to check your audio feed because it's freezing up on your channel a lot. Okay, okay. All right, well, they can, you know, I would just, that would just, for all the people that's uh, checking it out, you can come over uh, to the channel so you can uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, take a look at it. So if it's freezing up, you can come on over. But it was just the fact that, you know, I just wanted to let it, everybody know that, you know, you all were having this podcast. So, you know, they can come on over and check it out now. All right. I appreciate it. I want to make sure. Thanks for putting it out there. Okay. No problem. And of course, just like last year, Fuji, hold on for one more second here. Just like last year, we see here, obviously in the comments, the Houdet Nation came back. Along with you, everybody came back. So that I think, I, I swear last year, I, I, I want to say there must have been about 100 comments from Houdet Nation before it was off. So it, it's good to see that the fan base follows you everywhere exactly where you go, and it's fun to have them back again. So <laughs> everybody from Houdet Nation, it's nice to have you guys back again. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate them for supporting, and, uh, and I'm glad that, you know, that they found the time to, you know, come and check it out. But uh, you all, yeah, you all come on over and um, you know, check out the uh, the podcast. But it would just, I just put that up so everybody can know where they can, you know, <laughs> come over and check it out. Thanks, we do appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Just to dive in, um, my biggest question is: Is Alvin Kamara going to play this week? Uh. I, I'm not sure he practiced over the last uh the, the two days he's practiced. So it looks like he's gonna try to uh come back. But me personally, I think the Saints need to hold him out as uh you know as long as possible. I mean, Mark Ingram showed last week that he can he can tote that he can still tote the rock and he can catch the ball out of backfield. He did a really good job against a really good uh defense of the Tennessee Titans. So uh I think that you know they shouldn't try to rush him back. Now, if he's ready then go for it. If he's not, then I feel like they should just, you know, keep him out at least another week. You know, I mean, Alvin Kamara is so important to what the Saints do uh, offensively, you know. So having him come back a little bit too early and then re-aggravate some situation where, you know, you're a team that's trying to make a playoff run to your playoff chances of being slim to none. That guy is the offense of the New Orleans Saints right now. As far as the next three out of four weeks, you got the Bills, Cowboys, Jets, and the Chiefs. So do you think this is a trap game coming into Philly? It's always a trap game when it's coming into Philly, and I'm not falling for what I did last time I was here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, the Saints are the, the weirdest team I've ever seen. Like, the Saints will play, like, world beaters against elite competition. And then teams that, like, are, you know, you know, average or, you know what I'm saying, trying to, like, try to solidify themselves. They go out there and they act as if, you know, they don't know how to play football. And so I don't know what to expect. I I, I said the joke, you know, my favorite movie is Forrest Gump. And, you know, that, that old saying, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I say life is like a New Orleans Saints game. You never know what you're going to get. You don't know if the Saints are going to win by three touchdowns, lose by three touchdowns you know a you know I, you really don't know what you're gonna get this is a mixed bag and i really don't know what to expect down the stretch but them playing against some of the elite competition i expect for them to be 
you know, game for those type of games. Uh, but uh, it's going to be tough. You know, you got a lot of injuries, a lot of people that are still uh, dealing with uh, nagging, uh, nagging issues. So it's going to be a tough sledding for the New Orleans Saints. Well, the Saints defense, number one in the league, going up against the Eagles, which are third in the league in rushing. So I think that's going to be a real battle with the Eagles' offensive right. line. Running game going up against the front four of the right. Saints defense. What's your take of that? Right. Uh, well, last time, you know, the Saints played the Eagles, you know, I mean, Samuels went off. I mean, he had that big 80-yard touchdown. And you also have to contribute the debut. That was Jalen Hurts' first game. So Jalen Hurts really exactly. hurt the New Orleans Saints with his ability to throw the ball as well as get out of the pocket. The best thing about this whole situation is the New Orleans Saints have a, a little bit of a sample size and experience going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. So I expect for them uh, to play much better. The Saints are number one right now against the rush. Uh, you know, I mean, they went up against a really good Tennessee Titans offensive line. And even though they didn't have Derrick Henry, they still have formidable running backs that can make, you know, make some noise. So I expect for the Saints to be ready, uh, to be focused on this game, to pay attention to detail. Uh, Sean Payton talked about, you know, the, the respect that he has uh, for the running game of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I definitely feel like they have to pay attention to that and the ability of Jalen Hurts being able to move out of the pocket. Well, of course, Miles Sanders coming off the IR this week. So the Eagles running game, Boston Scott, Jordan yeah. Howard, Kenny Gamewell, and Miles Sanders. I think right now Kenny Gamewell could be the odd man out because, you know, with Miles Sanders being a home run hitter, Bo Scott and uh, Jordan Howard just pounding that rock the last three games. I mean, it's taken against the Chargers, yeah. the Lions, and the Broncos last week just taking care of business. That running game should be pretty solid. Hopefully, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, as you said, his first game against the Saints last week, Devontae Smith, I think he's coming into his own going up against yeah. Marshawn Lattimore one-on-one. So, Devontae Smith, he's been like the number one receiver the last couple weeks receiving. Yeah. What's your take of that matchup? Well, uh, I know a lot of people may not pay attention to this for those that may not follow Saints football, but Marshawn Lattimore has been struggling over the last couple weeks. I mean, he's been um, really getting worked, if you will. You know, like you, he hasn't really been living up to that elite cornerback uh, moniker that he's developing. You know, Marshawn Lattimore, he's a really good cornerback, but he's extremely inconsistent, and he struggles with guys that are, are smaller guys. Like when he goes up against Mike Evans, Mike Evans is a little bit of a taller guy, 6'5", 220. Uh, when he had those battles with Julio Jones when he was at Atlanta, he's six. So, you know, like when you look at, you know, going up against smaller guys, uh, he struggles. So I, I expect for him to have some battles with uh, Devontae Smith and possibly, you know, <laughs> lose some of those battles because he, he really struggles with smaller guys. Let me see your, your co-host just sneaking up there on the screen. <laughs> so, we saw him there. Hello. Hey. How you doing? <laughs> That's what you got to love about a live podcast. It's always great. Listen, Jerry Porter, <laughs> he brings up the schedule. And then, uh, so I'm going to bring up Jerry's uh, comment here as far as the, the people you guys have on, the, as far as who's left on the schedule. But Slim South, and, and you guys got to forgive me a little bit, because I, I know I tend to say zero, but from the 504, Slim South there says uh, – 
much love from uh, from Huda. And, and again, thanks, everybody. And Kimo, I, I was trying to remember everybody who came on last year. I do remember Kimo from last year. So, Kimo, welcome back with everybody else. I do because he made, I think, I want to say almost the most amount of comments last year. But Houdat Nation, by all means, keep coming back. because we as, as much as we love our Eagles, but at the same time, too, thank God you guys are the Saints versus the Cowboys. There's no Cowboys love around here. None whatsoever. <laughs> None. <laughs> Just the point that Zero None over here either. None. Zip. I'd rather have the Houdat Nation. Exactly. I'd rather have the Houdat Nation any day than that blues Death Star. I, I don't care for them, so it doesn't matter. But, so, but it shows, and I want to bring up, uh, as a matter of fact, before I bring up the schedule, because there's, I, I want to bring somebody up here that we had on from last week, TJ, and, and he is, he's with Orange Weekly Podcast, but what I say is he's the actual general manager of the Denver Broncos, because as you see, with this set back here, it's just like having the GM from Denver. So, uh, Kevin, welcome back to the show. Thanks, man. Hey, I tell you what, if I was the GM, there'd be some heads rolling, that's for sure. Thanks that's for right. But <laughs> I want to get back to, to Jerry's schedule here. He was talking about TJ because he said that who's left on the schedule here, being us, you guys play this week in, uh, in Philly. Then you have Bills on Thursday Night Football. That goofy team we just mentioned not too long ago, also on Thursday Night Football. Jets, Bucks, Dolphins, Panthers, Falcons. And out of truthfully, out of those, and I'm gonna take us out of the equation for a second. But Bills are definitely gonna be a tough one. Cowboys, I could see a win off that one. Even though the Cowboys, <laughs> even though they 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 seem hot at the moment, but it could be fluke as well because you know who owns them come playoff time is Green Bay. And Green right. Bay is still doing pretty well themselves. Then right. you got the Jets, the Bucks, again, the Dolphins, Panthers, and Falcons. So going over with Jerry, and thanks, Jerry, for putting that up there. Um, we do appreciate it. But going by the schedule that he just put out there, what are your thoughts with the remainder of the schedule for New Orleans Saints? I think it's a tough schedule. I mean, look, the Saints won the division last year, and they got a first-place schedule, even though Tampa won the, the Super Bowl. So to me – Tampa making it out like a bandit. So <laughs> they, they don't get a first place schedule, even though they're the Super Bowl champion. So, I mean, this is look, this is what you get. You know, when you, you have success, you have to go up against the elite teams. And, it, you know, I mean, it's not going to be easy, especially you have to uh, add in the fact that you have a lot of injuries. Uh, I mean, it, it's going to be tough I, for me to look at that list of teams and say that, you know, it's going to be a win here, a win there. I mean, that would just be the homer inside of me. It's going to be tough sledding for the New Orleans Saints, especially what I've seen from this team over the last couple of weeks. They've been struggling. They, they've been a lot of self-inflicted wounds, a lot of penalties. I mean, bad kicking, you know what I mean? This is like their fourth or fifth kicker they had this season. So it's going to be tough. I mean, but if they can put it all together, I think they'll be just fine. You know, the head coach, Sean Payton, does a really good job getting the guys motivated, the guys that they actually have. So if they can just play discipline, you know, I think that they can be in each and every one of those games and they have the talent and the offensive, you know, prowess uh, to to win these football games. But they just got to stay focused and disciplined. If they don't, then, you know, the Saints going to be on the couch, you know, in January. <laughs> right. 
that bu- that Bucks game scares me right there. I- I've been I've been I feel like a lot of Bucks fans have been like overlooking that game because we look at that Bills game and we say, okay, that's probably like the toughest game for the Bucks on on paper for the remainder of the season. But I keep looking at that Saints game Sunday night football. It's on prime time. We know what the Saints did last year to my Bucks last year. They pretty much destroyed them on Sunday night prime time in Tampa. It wasn't even fun to watch. It got really, really bad after a while. I mean, that's a game that, you know, coming out of a Bills game that they could easily rough us up a little bit. That that could be a game that easily the Saints could be able to take advantage against our Bucks if uh, we don't have a good game against the Bills. I have a question for Kev and TJ. Knowing that Trevor Simeon played in Denver and currently the Saints quarterback, what's your take that you could touch on with the fans just – with the Eagles fans, just what your thoughts are on Trevor Simeon since he played for both teams. Right. So from our standpoint, the last quarterback we had with a winning season was under Trevor Simeon. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he looks pretty good. Um, he's a, um, you know, he's not amazing. He's not flashy or, or anything, but he plays solid ball, you know. Um, he's not going to help you necessarily uh, win games, but he's definitely more often than not going to be the reason why you lose games. Cough, cough, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, uh, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit, but, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I, we feel about him. Like we liked him. We had nothing against him. Um, there was some feeling that he probably should have, you know, stayed with us because again, he was doing well, but then there was just so much turmoil and, and everything after, um, you know, those years after Peyton Manning left that. It just caused a whole spiral of everything. So um, I have nothing against him. I like the guy, and I was really glad to see him out there playing, uh, playing well. Um, and I hope he gets you guys another win. Yeah. Nothing against the Eagles, but I mean, I like the Saints too. You guys, you know, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, me personally, I mean, look, Trevor Simeon. I mean, he he's like salad, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not the most appealing thing in the world, but it's good for you. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, that's that's the best way I can I I can describe him. You know, he's not the guy that's gonna be rah rah. He's not gonna be the guy that's the center of attention. He just goes out there and does his job. You know, he's an effective guy. He's right. a smart guy. I mean, from from what I've seen him over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's made all the right throws. I mean, these wide mm-hmm. receivers and tight ends of the New Orleans Saints can't catch a cold and 40 below right now, you know, and he's made plays that, you know, they can convert third downs, convert fourth downs where they need to in the red zone. He's giving guys opportunity to make plays. They just have not been coming down uh, with the ball. So I like right. Trevor Simeon a lot, you know, like I just think that in a, in y- y'all know I'm out of the NFL. People like excitement. They like the, you know what I'm saying? The, the what I call the, the sexy guy, you know what I'm saying? The one that can move around like Lamar Jackson. He can, you know what I'm saying? Throw 60-yard bombs off his back foot. But that don't always equate to success. You know, like, I, I would actually take a guy that's efficient, does his job, you know, has that lunch pail mentality, and gets the job done. And I like, I think Trevor Simeon is the guy. I think that Trevor Simeon can lead the Saints uh, to the playoffs. And I think that, you know, he, he can do enough for them to, you know, do, do some things. But, I mean, but I think a lot of people just don't really care for him. Because he's not going to run out the pocket. He ain't going to drop the shoulder like Taysom Hill. He's not going to throw the ball down the field like a, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But he's efficient. So I'll take it. Yep. I agree with all that. Uh, for those who, who are tuning in tonight and those who listen to us on the downloaded audio version of the show, uh, welcome again tonight to 
uh, our multiple guests this evening, TJ Jones from the State of Saints podcast and the whole Who Dat Nation with Jerry Chosen, who's I got up here on the screen, Chemo, uh, Jerry. So thank you guys for tuning in, along with Kevin, the I will again call the GM of the Denver Broncos, but with Orange <laughs> Weekly podcast. So thanks, him for coming back. Dylan Spalding, of course, a local tour, uh correspondent and then of course the godfather that we all know here and we are live from the lg direct sales solution studios also uh you guys thanks for uh everyone who tunes in from redline banner and redline radio llc uh dave wallencheck's group out there having tons of fun and uh, you guys check out their lineup as well on redline banner llc also sunday nights at from seven to nine you have still city renegades where i normally make an appearance uh on that show so long days on sundays and then make an appearance on steel city renegades uh this week and last week and i'm taking a break from it this week because i am traveling out so i won't be in the area but again if you guys take a chance and take a look on facebook redline radio llc and tonight is lex vegas actually he might be off the air right now but if you guys also get the chance check out Las vegas and if you guys the type of show that he has is if you guys are are just like at the end of the day you want to take that long break. You just want to have that getaway. Lex Vegas show is definitely for a 21 and over crowd. But what he brings is a different spin when it comes to his show. And I don't want to give away a lot of stuff he does over there. So if you guys get the chance, check him out. He's normally on, uh, I believe, 730 to 830 on Thursday nights. Just about the same time that we are on here. But he's on Redline Radio LSC. So give those guys a chance and, and take a look. But um, Chosen, before I bring up Jerry's comment here. Chosen says that I feel like the Saints versus Eagles game will be a low-scoring defensive game, and I feel like it's going to be rough and rugged down to the last possession. And and he might be correct. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's always a tough game between the Saints and the Eagles. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the Saints and the Eagles, they have a weird uh, type of uh, relationship. You know, like they always end up meeting up in the playoffs, and something is always at stake when the Saints play the Eagles, you know, and – yeah, I, I feel like it's the same way with with the Eagles and the Vikings. You know, even though they're not, you know, in you know in the same you know division, so to speak, they still always you know play each other really, really tough. So I expect it to be the same way. I think it's going to come down to what team makes the least mistakes. You know, and I think it's going to come down to turnovers as well. So whoever is be able to uh, keep the football and uh, you know make sure that they don't make any mistakes, I think that's going to be the team that comes out on top. TJ, as far as uh, the status of Malcolm Jenkins, I mean, how much do you think he has left in the tank? Uh, <laughs> well, I like Malcolm <laughs> Jenkins as far as his uh, his leadership. You know, is he the Malcolm Jenkins of old? Absolutely not. But when you have a guy with that much experience, he's going, he's in his 13th season. He is always something he can give to like some of the younger players that are out there, and you can see some of the difference. As some of these young players, when he came on, came on board, so I think that he helped out guys like Marcus Williams, P.J. Williams, you know, uh, C.J. Garner Johnson, who's uh, who's on IR right now. Those guys play faster; they play more sure of themselves, and I think it has a lot to do with Malcolm Jenkins' uh, leadership. So, uh, is he the same Malcolm Jenkins he was when he was drafted out Ohio State and gave you all uh, six years? Uh, no. But uh, he still is a leader, and he uh, does what he needs to do, and that's what you need. Sometimes you need that leader in the locker room to get guys on board and having them buying into what the team is trying to do. TJ, as far as the wide receivers in for the Saints, who is the true number one, and 
Can you touch on the Michael Thomas situation a little bit? Uh, <laughs> number one, look, if it was up to me, none of these guys would be on the team. You know, all of them stink in my in my honest opinion. You know, none of them, all of them leave a lot to be desired. Deontay Harris, I feel like if he was probably like four inches taller, you know, he'll be okay. He's probably the best receiver you have. But all of these guys, to me, are just a bunch of role guys, you know. I mean, it, it, none of these guys are ever going to be stars. None of these guys are ever going to be number one receivers. It's like a basketball team. You got your star player, and then you got your role players, the guy that probably can shoot a three if he's wide open, a guy that can rebound. That's what these guys are. Uh, I don't expect for any of these guys to go out there and channel it in an Antonio Brown, uh, channel it in a Randy Moss and go for 100-plus. Uh, but, you know, there, there are opportunities for these guys to make plays. And as far as Michael Thomas is concerned, I don't know exactly what happened in offseason. A lot of people saying he pulled the Scottie Pippen. For those that may not know, Scottie Pippen uh, decided not to get surgery in offseason so he can enjoy it. Some people are saying that. Some people saying he's unhappy with the organization. Uh, all I know is Michael Thomas is a special player when he's on the field. Uh, he demands a double team. And, uh, you know, the Saints are missing him right now. So hopefully, you know, he's going to be out for the season. He can come back, be a better player, and be that player that he once was, being that offensive player of the year when he had 149 receptions. But uh, the Saints have a lot of work to do when it comes to wide receiver position, and that is the weakest link on his team. Going back to training camp, I believe there was – was there an issue between him and Sean Payton? But I heard it was later on squashed. And he truth yeah. to that? Yeah, well, there was an issue between him and the team. He felt as if, you know, he could have got surgery in the offseason. I mean, well, in the middle of the season. And he would have been ready uh, for the 2021 season. But he decided not to get surgery so he can come back and be on the field. Now, he knew he wasn't going to be as effective. But he felt as he can be a decoy and he can be able to contribute in that way. So he felt, well, I did this for the team. Why isn't the team looking out for me in all season, right? So that's the reason why he came out with that tweet. Like, I could have gotten surgery and been out and then been able to come back, but y'all didn't want me to. So right. that was that issue. So he felt like the team wasn't, you know, helping him out because Sean Payton came to the podium and said, well, he should have got surgery in the offseason. So he felt like that was just a slap in the face. But him and Sean Payton got into a room with a mutual party and they talked it out. And uh, I think the next preseason game he was on the sidelines. I think that was just for PR. Do I think that <clears throat> the relationship is going to be the same? No. Uh, but I think that both of these guys – are extremely competitive, Sean Payton, from the coaching standpoint, Michael Thomas from a player standpoint. And uh, I think that they can do enough to, you know, be able to make some noise and, and have Michael Thomas being back on the field and, and contributing to that Hall of Fame career that he was, uh, you know, starting when he first got out of Ohio State. Well, you talked about uh, as far as Antonio Brown, it, it was just mentioned. And Dylan has some news that, that came out of, uh, unfortunately, Bucks camp today in relation to uh to ab so dylan if you can fill us all in what happened there with ab yeah so obviously ab is right now currently out with an ankle injury that is still a thing with him so we'll see if he does end up playing on monday that's the nice thing about you having the long weeks as you you know heal up those injuries and such it's almost like a mini bye week for the buccaneers but uh ab obviously the news coming out of tampa bay is 
that AB apparently had faked his COVID-19 vaccination card. And apparently that was the big news of recording the reports from the Tampa Bay Times. Apparently, though, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Twitter did post and they did say that they checked all the vaccination cards and they did say that none of them were anything suspicious. So it looks like we're in the clear. It looks like AB is still fine for if he does end up playing Monday, he will be okay to play Monday. Uh, so that's not going to be any issue. But uh, injuries for the Bucks going into this Monday night game is is really an issue. We're not going to have AB or AB is an issue. He's on the injury reserve or the injured list, I should say. Chris Godwin, jo- Rob Gronkowski, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Vita Vea all in the injured list. So uh, definitely some big names, big pieces for this uh, Buccaneers team that we're definitely probably going to need for Monday. But I think this is a game where we have to have people step up, and we need a win. I mean, we lost to Washington. We lost to New Orleans. We're on a two-game losing streak, and you know we need a big win bad against a struggling Giants team. If we lose again, it's it, there's some trouble brewing, especially when we get later into this harder part of our schedule. No, that's absolutely true. Now, I want to get, as I get Kevin involved here, along with TJ, now I, I want to go – before uh, Kevin, we'll talk about here what happened last week with the Denver Broncos. But so you got Baker Mayfield, and, and both for you guys, because obviously everybody here follows the NFL. But Baker Mayfield chooses to come back this week. Again, shoulder injury, his knee, he's pretty banged up, but I guess he's trying to save the Cleveland Browns season. Is it smart for the Browns to allow Baker Mayfield to come back knowing? that he could be sidelined now, not just for the, the remainder of the season, depending on how banged up he really gets, he could be out now for the remainder of the season and then opt for surgery and be out the entire 2022 campaign. So I want to get your thoughts. And Kevin, I'll go to you first. As far as uh, Baker Mayfield wanting to come back and is it smart enough for him to actually come back? You know, with them being what five and five now uh, and still having, you know, a, a realistic shot at, you know, uh, making the playoffs. Um, you know, I think um, it's one of those things where he's definitely thought it out and made that decision knowing that, hey, if it gets worse, then, hey, it's going to be it's going to take a whole lot longer for me to get back into this, even, you know, if it affects next year as well. Um, but do we have a chance to uh, salvage this season, get into a, a you know wild card spot, um, maybe win the division? I have to check. I can't remember where where they're at, um, but, um, you know. I, I trust his judgment. I mean, he went so long with uh, without missing any games, and um, you know, we he missed the game against the Broncos. Um, they still, of course, beat us because <laughs> that's what we do. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think it's a good decision um, because I just I think he's a he's a smart guy. Um, he definitely looked at it and, and he knows the risks. So um, risk versus re- re- uh, reward, right? Right. That's so true. TJ, I'd like to get your thoughts here on as far as when it comes to Baker Mayfield. Is it smart for him to decide to come back? And should the organization allow him to play, even though he's already called it himself? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I don't think that he should be playing. Uh, I, I got to respect his, uh, you know, ability, you know, and his uh, toughness to go out there and be that leader that, you know, Cleveland, um, you know, Browns fans want him to be, the organization want him to be. But look, Baker Mayfield is a young player. I mean, he has a lot of football ahead of him. And uh, you want to make sure that you're, you're healed up. I mean, you look at this team, uh, you know, they're a really good running team. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, back the back of quarterback, Keenum, he can do a, a really, you know, solid job. I mean, look, he's not the best player in the world. I think we all can agree with that. But yeah, yeah. everywhere he's went, he's been, 
he's been solid, you know, and I think that the running game between, you know, Chubb and Hunt, I think they right. can do some things. And now you got that, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., he's gone. You don't have that cloud over you. You can go out here and you can play your game and you can be that committee team that you want to be. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, that, oh, oh we're not giving the ball to Odell. So, look, I, I just think that he, he needs to possibly sit down, get himself back into some, you know, some, you know, some playing shape. And, you know, this is a playoff team. So you get yourself ready, you know, get time for the playoffs and you never know. I mean, this team was a 13-yard Chad Henney scramble away from going to the AFC Championship game. So this is yeah, a solid yeah. football team, you know, that and I mean with Miles Garrett, I mean, these guys are talented. So I, I do think that he needs to sit down. TJ, as far as far as uh you touch on Odell Beckham, there was a rumor about him going to the Saints. Would you have taken him? At the beginning, you know, I was uh very high on Odell Beckham, especially coming off a game that I seen the Saints play the Falcons. And a lot of these uh, wide receivers had more more drops than catches. So I was definitely on board. But then all of a sudden, something happened. You know, it was, uh, <laughs> it was oh, uh, he's going to go to this team. He's going to go to that team. Uh, he's going to take some time to think about it. And then when I thought about that, I was like, I'm off. You know what I'm saying? I'm off the, the OD, uh, Odell Beckham train. I mean, because, look, right. the Saints don't need that type of distraction. This is a solid football team. Guys they have egos, of course, they're football players. But I just feel like he the way that he went about it, it seemed like he 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 loved that attention. He loved the fact that he was being talked about, and that's what matters most to him. It wasn't about, you know, uh, you know, trying to resurrect his career. You know, it wasn't about, you know, him showing people that he's one of the top receivers in the league. It was all about him. And I think even his decision to go to Los Angeles wasn't about what Los Angeles can do for him, even though Sean McVay is a good offensive mind in his own right. I just think it's the fact that now you're in Los Angeles, you can hang out with Drake, head out to Calabasas, yep. and you know what I'm saying, and rub elbows with, with the elites. That's what I feel. So, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, he hasn't done a, done nothing in a long time. He has a lot to prove. I mean, he, nobody talks yeah. about him anymore when it comes to who's the top receivers in the league. I mean, you can think of five, even ten receivers that are better than him right now. So, exactly. I mean, he, he's basically just making it off what he did on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys, that one-hand catch that, that put him into superstardom, and he's been living off that ever since. Just claim the fame. Yeah. Well, it's true. And then, well, we, and that, and of I joined Ben Simmons whenever Ben decides to do his thing in Philly. And, and, and they, can start, <laughs> they can double team a Kardashian for all I care because at this point, it seems like what whatever happens in Cali, they, they chase between Beverly Hills, everything else, Kardashians. It, it's a thing. I don't know what it is in the NFL, but Odell, to me, Odell is going to become the same, and it's bad to say about a person themselves, but that same kind of mentality he had with the Giants, the same thing he had with the Browns, it's the same thing he's going to have with L.A., and I think it was the same way, too. You hit it right on the head. To me, it wasn't about what he can do for L.A. He took whatever payout he got from L.A., not that he has to worry about money unless he spent it all, but it's not going to be – Odell's just not a team player. He's not – the only thing about A.B. that he got lucky with was with Tom Brady straightening him out. As far as a player, straighten out his life, make sure he's doing the things that that the Steelers asked him to do many years ago. So for A.B., it's a big turnaround. When it comes to Odell, I don't think you're not going to get production value out of Odell. And if he doesn't get that ball, come we'll see come this week, next week, whenever they decide to insert him. God forbid he doesn't get that ball and watch what happens with L.A. 
because yep. it's going to be the same nonsense no matter where he goes. And that's just, I, I think it's one thing that the media talks about it all the time, you know, whether it being ESPN, the NFL Network, anybody else like that. But he just, he, he's not the Odell when he, when everyone first came out and saw him in the draft, when they saw him in New York, what we expected better things out of Odell, but it, it just becomes senseless, at least the way we see it all. But I, I don't expect much from him. But Kevin, I, I want to get back to you here as we had you on last week. Great show last week. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, the outcome wasn't exactly what you expected from the Broncos. We, you know, as we predicted through our scores, a lot of us were either lower or higher throughout the game or even a tight game. The what happened with Denver is kind of like a shock because Teddy Bridgewater didn't even look like he played his best game. Penalties were where Diamond doesn't cross the board, but Denver just decided to take. I mean, you had the blowout against the Cowboys, and I was expecting for almost the same as I mentioned last week. But the Eagles come into town, and truthfully, Mile High Stadium, and I forget what the new actual name of it is, but most of us love it still as Mile High Stadium. Oh, yeah, we did. It became the link part two. Yeah. Uh, basically you guys did what we did to, uh, the Cowboys stadium, AT&T stadium the week before, you know, with all the, the Broncos fans there. So, um, I, look, we're one in 20, uh, under Vic Fangio when we are losing at halftime by any amount. Um, I, we're also two and three at home this year. We have a losing record at home under Vic Fangio. Uh, so you know, this is the third year with him there. Um, Unfortunately, you know, as, as, as hopeful as we were as Broncos fans that, okay, maybe we finally have turned it around. Maybe we have finally found our identity and we have shown that, you know, we can go out there and if we play like this with this intensity and this focus every week, we can uh, at the very least hang in there with, with some of these tough games. Right. Uh, And that's what led to, okay. Not saying that the Eagles are terrible, but you know, just what we're able to do against the Cowboys. Again, let's apply it to this game. That should give us an edge, right? Uh, and none of that came to fruition. And this is what the Broncos do. Um, they give us hope um, and then they smash it all to pieces. Uh, and uh, I don't know how many times I've sat there at the end of games. Like, I know it's garbage time, but they're getting close. And, you know, they're only like one score away. And then they just completely blow, blow it. Um, I'll tell you what, though. So, you know, being at the game and Mike, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to to meet up or whatever while you're out here. Hey, but um, that's uh, all right. The the talk of the town is fully, I'd say, ninety percent on Teddy Bridgewater. Um, obviously, that that whole play in itself, um, it was a good call um, for the coach to go for it. The fumble by Melvin Gordon, who has now had two big fumbles in three games. Uh, if you think back to when we played Washington, he had a big fumble at the end of the game too. We were still able to win that one, um, but huge fumble. However, that that lack of effort um, from Teddy Bridgewater, uh, and I don't know how many times I've seen the, the video now, probably 30, 40, 50 times, um, it's infuriating. And to an outsider looking in, if you, had, if you were to ask me, hey, Kev Dan, what is wrong with the Broncos organization? How would you describe it? I would show you that play with an emphasis on Teddy Bridgewater's lack of effort trying to make that mm. tackle. Because 
that demonstrates the the lack of effort, accountability, and leadership, not just from the quarterback position, but amongst the the players, amongst Mm. the coaches, in the front office. You got to remember, this team has not had an owner for years now, and hopefully we'll see that uh, fixed over this next offseason, right? But uh, that play is essentially the – the prime example, the best example I could show you guys to, to put into a perspective of what is wrong with this entire organization. Um, just to mm. touch on that after the night I was back in my hotel watching a local Denver station, they, when they showed the replay, Teddy Bridgewater, not, not even going after Darius Slay was basically, they call it a business decision Yep, where he just, yeah, ran right by him, and Teddy Bridgewater didn't even make an attempt to like tackle yeah. him. Period. And Man. I know he got roasted in his press conference right and right after the game. Mm-hmm. Which funny thing, he he actually um, the the day after, so Monday, they were doing the press conference. They went through all the players, and they told the media, "Hey, we actually have one more player." They didn't tell him who, and out walked Teddy Bridgewater. So he actually made a uh, last minute appearance. Pretty much, the PR people for the Broncos were like, "We need to get ahead of this because we have the bye week. Uh, this is pretty much what everyone's going to be talking about anyway. We need to try and get ahead of this." Uh, all the ex- all the excuses he was given. Well, I wanted to, you know, push him back into the field you know, on the inside of the field so somebody else could tackle. It was all just a bunch of baloney. And you know, TJ, you know, you guys had uh, Bridgewater down there as well. And I'll tell you what, um, all we heard this off season coming into you know from the time we acquired him from the Panthers, um, all throughout training camp and everything, all we heard over and over and over again were just how great this uh teddy's um leadership skills were how great of a guy he is and how great of a leader he is and how respected he is among his teammates and i'll tell you what uh if anyone wants to hear my whole probably it's about a five plus minute rant on, <laughs> where i get pretty heated on our post game podcast you can you can go listen to that um but i'll tell you what for me personally i look at that and say Man, you have blown, uh, burned a lot of bridges here in Broncos country. Um, and I would imagine, yeah, if you're expecting him to be the leader of the team, I, I can't see him going up to any other player now for the rest of the season saying, hey, man, I need you to do more out there. I just can't because if I was a player in that locker room, I probably just, you're kidding me, right? You're the one telling me this. I'm calling him standby Teddy. Hashtag standby Teddy. And uh, that's kind of what we're going out here. So um, I don't know, man. That's how we feel. That's how I feel. Well, look, uh, I I, I just got to be real with you here. Um, Sure, sure. Vic Fangio needs to be fired. Um, He should have been gone. Uh, I'm shocked that he's even y'all coach today. Um, Great defensive mind. Like when he was the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, they were outstanding. I mean, that was an outstanding defense. Super Bowl caliber, if you will, you know, like, you know, but he's not the answer. And, you know, I feel bad for Bronco Nation. I mean, when you think about the Denver Broncos over the past 20 plus years, respectable team, always been in a fight. Great, you know, great defense, good running game. And and people value, you know what I'm saying? You know, people value watching Denver Broncos, but the Denver Broncos. But now it's like, 
you know, like nobody really fears them the way that they once did. Nobody, get, they're not getting the respect they uh, once had. And I, I have to say this, attitude reflects leadership. You know, if, if Teddy was being held accountable the way that he that he should, I don't think he'll be making these type of decisions. That's one reason why I feel like, you know, as a Saint fan, I think people have to start valuing Sean Payton as a head coach. Because I don't think nobody, as many coaches I've seen come through the NFL and that are still in the NFL, can get the most out of anybody. Like every single quarterback that the Saints have had when Drew Brees goes down, he gets the most out of them. I don't know how he got five and no out of Teddy Bridgewater, but he did. And um, I, I, just think that, I just think that the Denver Broncos need to go in a different direction. I think they need to start up top. You know, like maybe you need yeah. to reevaluate Elway. And I think that you definitely need to uh, reevaluate Big Fangio because this is not the mm -hmm. answer. And this is not the Broncos that I grew up watching. You know, this right. ain't the mile high salute. Uh, no. <laughs> Terrell Davis, Shannon Sharp, A. McCaffrey, Denver mm -hmm. Broncos that I respect. This is, yeah, this is like, I, I shouldn't be putting W's in, on the column when my team is playing the Broncos. I mean, that's, that's, that's not mm -hmm. right. And I will tell you this. So uh, John Elway, essentially, when they hired George Payton to be the GM, John Elway essentially demoted himself up. If that, it doesn't make sense, but that's essentially he what he did. He has one foot out the door. He, he's like, I don't even know what his title officially is. It's pretty much mm. I'm going to hang out in my office, get paid a lot of money and not yeah. really have to have to answer for any decisions that are being made. Um, and, and what we think is going to happen is when the team is sold which we're 99% sure is going to happen this offseason. That's when Elway is going to step out. Uh, the uh, person running the trust right now, Joe Ellis, has already announced that he's done after this year. Um, hmm. So everything's looking like it's going to dissolve. Vic knows he's gone. However, if like what you're talking about, if he was held, if he was holding people accountable, Teddy would be benched. But Vic Fangio yes. cannot stand Drew Locke. And that's, again, that's speculation. That's what we think. He just does not like Drew Locke and his style. Uh, he still thinks Teddy is the uh, is the is the guy that's going to give him the best chance to win. Which at this point, I, no, like <laughs> I don't think either one's going to give you the best chance. But if you're going to try to show that, hey, I'm dedicated to instilling a a a culture of holding people accountable, I'm going to bench my quarterback. Because that's the message that needs to be sent to all these other players. Not going to happen. Will right. not happen in a million years, I guarantee that. So, look, Fangio is going to be gone. I We still have five division games left in the seven games we'll have after the bye week here. We have to play the Chiefs twice. We have to play the Chargers twice. We have to play the Raiders again. Um, so, if you're telling me, uh, out, any Broncos fan out there telling me that we have a good chance of still going 10-7 and seven on the season – I'm sorry. That's I'm going to be there at the games. I'm going to be screaming my, my head off. I'm going to be rooting for them, but I'm not going to be betting any money on it. <laughs> so hopefully I'm wrong, but I tell you what, I just do not see this team waking up over the bye week and saying, Oh, we need to start trying all of a sudden. Look, Joey B says that Dan Quinn would be the next coach yeah, of the of the Broncos. Yep. So and And who would have thought, by the way, you talk about John Elway. I mean, just a shy couple years ago, Peyton Manning, of course, comes into town, wins the Super Bowl for Denver, and and looked like he was doing some crazy, amazing things with the organization. And now you're absolutely right. I've never heard of someone demote themselves but put themselves in a better position and, and laying back and doing absolutely nothing. That's just as bad as Jerry Jones over there with the death blue star. 
You know, he, he takes control of everything under the sun. You know, he, radio announcer, you know, MC, he wants to coach the team. I mean, it, it's like everything that he wants to do, but he can't write the ship no matter what he does. Right. The good thing, once again, I keep saying over and over again, that yeah, he did right as far as Dak Prescott and glad the man got paid. But as far as what he should be doing, he should be taking a back seat. Our problem with the Eagles is you got Harry Roseman, to me, the same way as the GM, has too much power. I mean, you're talking about making game time decisions, what they should do at practice. Here's what, you know, here's what's happening. And then with, with Doug Peterson, as more and more of the stories are coming out now, is that once Doug won the Super Bowl, Doug wanted to do Doug things. He wanted to become that head coach. He wanted to have multiple titles if he could in Philly, if it was going to happen. But he wasn't a yes man. He was when he was hired. But once he got that head coach feeling and once he got the Super Bowl win, rightfully so, he wanted to do some more things that he had lined up for the Eagles to do. But because he didn't become that yes man, and apparently Nick Sirianni is at the moment, things can change again. That's why they loved him. I guess compared to whomever they wanted out there at the time for eligibility. So I'm wondering if Nick will remain that yes man for long because the Eagles fan base and, and believe me, I love Philly born and raised here. And, and you have fans that want Nick out, but Nick and Jalen are trying to grow with each other. I mean, Jalen of course had Doug insert Nick now. So Jalen is trying to become the quarterback of the future for the Eagles. You got people that, that say that he's supposed to be, and then you got those who don't believe that Jalen is not good enough for this team. Then come now, putting a couple games together here, three out of the four, looking pretty well. And then you got the mixed bag of feelings. Once again, now people are like, all right, well, maybe we can give Nick a break. Maybe Jalen could be possibly the quarterback of the future. Yeah, Gardner Minshew who's right behind him at the moment. And then it, we'll see what happens come next year. Does Russell Wilson decide to, to you know, fly east? And go to the Eagles, go from a Seahawk to an Eagle. I nah, mean, there's a lot of nah. things, a lot of moving parts. He'll but come to the Broncos, man. <laughs> you think? <laughs> uh, I don't, dude. I don't know. Uh, we but need it, somebody. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But listen, I, I want to, uh, Kevin, I, I want to thank you because I know you have to run as well. Uh, thank you for coming on. And again, everybody catch the Orange Weekly podcast. And Kevin, if you don't mind, let everybody know exactly where they can find it and where they can find you. Uh, pretty much uh, where can't you find us? Uh, for our uh, you know, pre-recorded audio podcast, you got us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those good places. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there just looking for the just look up the Orange Weekly podcast. If you want to check out our live shows, which are uh, interactive, uh, and Joey, who's been commenting a lot here, he's followed us. He was on our show this last week uh, and, and commenting a lot. He can tell you, um, you know, we we try to really interact with our viewers, kind of like you guys do too. It's fantastic. So uh, we got the live shows on Monday nights, Tuesday nights. We got a pregame show, a halftime show as well. Uh, so we try to give you guys as much Broncos content as we possibly can. You can follow us on Twitter at Orange Weekly. Same thing once with Instagram, uh, Facebook. Just search for Broncos Orange Weekly. YouTube Broncos Orange Weekly. All those places. But uh, you guys have been fantastic. Seriously, thanks for letting me uh, jump on again. Um, and uh, TJ, um, good luck against these guys. They're gonna they're they're gonna be pretty excited uh, after you know coming off this this last week's win. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you, man. And good good luck down, down the line, man, for the rest of the season. Yeah, you too. Uh, seriously, Angel, Dylan, Mike, you guys take care. Thank you. No problem, thank you, Kevin. No. So
Now, before we end up uh, closing out the show here, because I, I know your co-host is so excited to make sure he gets uh, more host time as he's been filling in here <laughs> and, and doing a good job at it, TJ. But, uh, and again, thanks to Who That Nation, everybody who tuned in. But Dylan, I want to get to you here for a second because we, we, you talked about earlier, when it, as far as when it came to the Bucks and the injuries, I know one thing, and we all know this from Tom Brady, Tom Brady does not like to lose multiple games. And he also pointed out, the obvious problem that they had was they came in last week from what was told uh, by the head coach. They came in last week, great practice, but then didn't take that practice to show up down there at DCU and DCU took care of business. And, and TJ, if, and since the last time you were on, of course it was the, the Redskins and then they became the Washington football team. We don't call them that around here. We call them DCU for district Cumberland university. Cause it's, it's a sin. What goes on down there in, uh, in DC. But so you have, you have your head coach in Bruce Arians saying that he knows where the mistakes are. A couple of your linebackers came on the same way this week during practice saying the same exact thing that we, you know, we put out a good practice, which they did. They put out a good practice. They just didn't remain consistent, which is the same problem that the Eagles are having. So coming into this week, obviously another big game. Tom Brady, again, who does not want to lose. He, he's not a guy who likes to lose, especially not yet two in a row, yet alone three in a row. What do we expect out of the Bucks this week? Well, uh, just one thing here. Uh, obviously, Tom Brady probably does also want to lose to the New York Giants, a team that he right. has lost qu- countless of many a times. We obviously know the history between him <laughs> and the New York Giants. Uh, it, it's it's a little rough for Tom Brady. He obviously lost two Super Bowl titles in those Super Bowl appearances to the Giants. Um, we're actually not very good against the New York Giants. We're actually 8-15, and 15, this Buccaneers team. And last year, we almost lost to the Giants at home. We're 6-8, and eight, actually, against the New York Giants. However, on Monday Night Football, we are 2-0 against the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. So we do have some success uh, at home on Monday Night Football with the New York Giants. But uh, I think it's really just – I mean, this is a good game for a lot of the injuries. As I mentioned, this is going to be huge because this game on paper, I think for me as a Bucs fan, isn't the game that's the big – I would say scared game as a Bucks fan. This is kind of a right. game where you go into, you know, you have some guys injured. This is an opportunity to get some of those guys who are maybe lower down on the depth chart, get them up, get them playing, and get them some playing time. But, uh, I mean, they got to win. There, there's no question they have to win. They have to win before they get into this little tough stretch. They're going to be playing the Bills in December. Fortunately, it's not in Buffalo because if it was in Buffalo and then they had to go on to go play the Saints – it's it's that would be a tough little stretch right there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we got to win this game. And I think Tom Brady has to have a good performance. And I mean, everything is going around Tom Brady right now. He just came out with that new documentary, the man in the arena. Mm-hmm. It's a really good documentary. I recommend watching it. Um, I mean, everything is right now surrounding around Tom Brady there with media and stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bucks can do on Monday. And this is a big way to kind of, get back going again, especially on prime time to do it in front of a national audience. That's huge. No, it is huge. And, and uh, talking about it, as far as New Orleans, obviously because Tampa Bay has to, has to face them again. So it's going to be two part yep. for both TJ and, and for you, because again, TJ last year, we saw two out of the three saints owned the bucks until it came playoff time came up short, but it seems like the saints are Tom Brady's daddy. Because once again, here we see the Saints beating him again this year. They have to face <laughs> off again in Tampa. So I'm, I'm wondering if, if if you can go into your crystal ball for two things. One is, does New Orleans beat Tampa again 
coming up on a travel to Tampa. And then if you had to look, let's just say in, into maybe the distant future, who do you think walks out of the NFC Championship to re, to re, or to represent in the Super Bowl out of the NFC side of the house? Um, me, me personally, look, I, I, I will, I understand that the New Orleans Saints, uh, have, uh, really dominated the series when it comes to Tom Brady, but I, I'll be lying to you if I would trade in all those wins for what they, and that's fine. It gets you to the postseason, but it matters what you do in the postseason and, and the New Orleans Saints didn't get the job done. Um, Look, this is a tough sledding for the New Orleans Saints. I've said this before. I'm a I'm a realist. Do I want to see the Saints in the playoffs? Yes, I do. Uh, do I think they have a chance to make the playoffs? Yes. But is it going to be tough sledding? Absolutely. I, I would be lying to you if I say I see the Saints NFC Championship game. I, I don't. Uh, do And honestly, looking at the way they played over the last couple of weeks, I'd be shocked to see them in the playoffs. But... The Saints always play teams tough, you know, those those elite teams. They seem like they always are ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe because people are looking at Tampa Bay as, as the standard. You know, Tampa Bay, because they have Tom Brady, because of all the attention they get, because Tom Brady is there and all of the supporting cast that they have around them, the Saints really look at that game as, as their Super Bowl, you know, and they play those guys really, really right. tough. But it matters what you do in the postseason. So, if do I think that the Saints are going to beat Tampa this time around? Probably not. Um, I just think that uh, Tampa, you know, is is more, you know, they're a little bit more healthier than the New Orleans Saints. I think they're going to be tough because the other the last game was, you know, it came down to final possession and the Saints had to uh, make a defensive stop. But I, I believe that Tampa is going to get the Saints this time around. But it matters what you do in the postseason. So I'm more concerned about the Saints actually making the playoffs than being in Tampa. Right. And if they meet Tampa in the playoffs again, I would hope that they do what they did earlier in the season versus beat Tampa twice and playing them in the playoffs and lose. I would take all the I would, look. Tampa can have all those wins if I can get the one <laughs> in the divisional round of the playoffs. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's all right, though. And uh, Dylan, I want to bring up here uh, for for the most part here. So obviously, in in Tampa, a lot of uh, a, a lot of things going on here. Yeah. Obviously, the Lightning trying to get on that winning side. It, it's been so far kind of a rough start. Flyers, uh, Fuji. By the way, I know the, when we started the podcast, they we're up two nothing. What's their score now? Uh, hold on. As we flip it back here. Okay, we'll wait. Two two. Yes. All two, right. Two on the third. Okay. So uh USF, not much talk when it comes to USF, but uh if you can give us some insight as far as what's going on with USF, one is obviously the college season is coming to a close and the men's NCAA season just started. Yeah, so USF football, and actually, funny enough, they uh, play in New Orleans this weekend. They're actually going to be playing Tulane this weekend, so uh, in New Orleans. But uh, honestly, USF, they've they battled this season. They've looked very well this season, like in certain games, but they just haven't been able to finish the job in a lot of those games. They've, they started out hot. I was at the game they played against um, – 
let me try to think who it was against. I believe it was against uh, Temple, I believe it was. And they ended up actually winning that game. Uh, they started out really hot that game. And I, I think the big thing is just really getting out to a good start, obviously, what they've been able to do. But I think the big thing is being able to finish the game and being able to finish, obviously, with a victory. I think that's been the key issue. I like Jeff Scott a lot. I like the mentality that he's been putting together with this USF squad. But uh, it, it's been a rough season for our Bulls this year. We've had to battle our way through a lot of games this season. Uh, I, was at, I was also at the Houston game, and they actually ran it back for a, a, a touchdown to begin the game. It was like a return touchdown for the kickoff opening. And uh, we didn't end up winning that game. It, it turned out very ugly <laughs> towards the end. But uh, we got a big game this weekend against a struggling Tulane team in New Orleans at Yulman Stadium. Uh, and I'm hoping for a, a big win this weekend to at least finish off the track because at this point, the biggest game we could win is against UCF. And then now kind of transitioning into basketball, obviously we have the big game tomorrow against Auburn, number 21 in the nation. And uh, this is an exciting game for the USF Bulls. You know, they're playing at Amelie Arena. It's a massive arena. They actually used to play there with during the renovations for Yingling Center. Uh, they're one in five against Auburn. They are not very good against these big time schools, but it is good competition, especially once we get into AAC conference play. That's what really matters in basketball and really in college sports is when you get into that conference competition. So to be able to play these good teams like in Auburn, who's ranked number 21 in the nation is going to be huge for the uh, remainder of the season heading into conference play. Oh, Kenzie, <clears throat> USF, unfortunately, they don't get a lot of talk around here. And and for those who obviously don't live in the state of Florida, the Gators, obviously the Seminoles get tons of talk. USF barely gets any talk whatsoever, but they made some good changes. And we'll see. USF, I think, will be more up and coming. Give USF both on the, the college level as far as the men's women's basketball and then the men's football team. It, it's going to be up and coming, at least I believe. I, and I could be wrong, but it, they're making the moves in the right direction. And eventually they will come around there, just like we've been waiting for Temple diligently to try and do things the right way. But unfortunately, it's going to take some time for even Temple to come back up. Villanova continues to do amazing things with their basketball team. So there's many things that end up happening, but we'll see. Uh, as we get ready here to, to sign off on the show tonight, a couple of upcoming uh, shows for you guys to, to want to join us here. What is we're going to have uh, on the 7th of December, Ruben Amaro Jr., the World Series GM, will be with us on the 7th. That should be a lot of fun to go back in time with him as he put the World Series team together. That should be fun. And we'll talk about the 2009 season that didn't end so well as they lost to the Yankees. And I got a ton of questions when it comes to that loss because I can't stand the Stankies. That's another team. As much as I can't stand a Death Blue Star, I can't stand the Stankies as well. So, And unfortunately, down here in Tampa, uh, their stadium is right across from Raymond James. So yeah, that's, they, they should have put them like further south in Florida, down in Miami. But yeah, I, I can't take that one. So then we're also going to have up in the studio uh, for those from the Philly market, if you guys remember from 6ABC, the meteorologist for many, many years on 6ABC, Dave Murphy, the original Murph in town, he'll be live with us in the Limerick studio. So I'll be traveling back to Philly in December and Dave will be there with us live in the studio as we do a farewell retirement party for him. And as he stated to me, a lot of people may have forgotten him uh, before, at least by the time the show rolls around, but no one forgets the Murph. So David Murphy will be live in studio. That's coming up also in December. Um, Tarika will be coming up in December as well, as we'll get into some WNBA talk. And I can't wait to have that interview because we've been trying to work around her schedule. And it, it's kind of tough because of all the things she's got going on with ESPN, producing, hosting, uh, 
and so many shows she's been called upon. So we can't wait to speak to her and ask her about all the experiences she had during the WNBA playoffs. Uh, also, along with Ruben, Tarika, I got to remember some. Oh, our the biggest one coming up here next month. And it's kind of incredible to think that we are coming up on our 100th episode. And TJ, we're very fortunate to have you on both times before we go 100. So thanks for you coming back because as much fun as we have with the Houdet Nation the first time around. And I got lucky, TJ, because the last time when you guys came on, I mean, the comments that were coming fast and furious, it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. But, man, they gave us a business. So this time around with Jerry, with Chosen, <laughs> you know, with – with uh with all the guys that came on here, it's, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun with Chemo. And and by the way, I, I need to have Chemo on one time because he, he's Chemo seems very very interesting to talk to. So Chemo, I'll, I'll be uh, if you can, Chemo, send me out a message either through Facebook or if not, uh, if you go through Brushy South or you my Twitter handle, uh, reach out to me because Chemo will be a lot of fun to talk to. So I, I want to get a hold of uh, of Chemo. But Jerry, thank you, Tom, thank you. Um, I know Joey B put uh, right there. Thanks to Kevin for coming on and uh, for the show tonight. And again, you guys, we, we can't wait to continue doing what we do because we have a lot of fun. We also like to thank our sponsors as well. Tampa Joe's 9316 Anderson Road out there in Tampa, Florida, right off of 589 where you guys can travel from anywhere. If you're an Eagles fan or you want to watch any games from the NFL, go out to Tampa Joe's and you can visit a on the website as well as tamajoes.com. Uh, serious food, great fun, and great food as well, along with our media partner up in Philly to cigargoose.com and Robert Keller, who tuned in just a while ago. Thanks to Robert for tuning in, the producer on the Goose's Goat side that we team up with on Sundays. But everyone, please go out there to 250 West Ridge Pike in Liverpool, Pennsylvania, the finest flavors and Monte Cristos that you can find in the Delaware Valley. And Fuji, how old must you be? Eighteen, (laughs) (laughs) smart guy, and also to Larry Gilman for LG Direct Sales Solutions. Uh, We appreciate Larry naming, of course, a studio uh, for the LG Direct Sales Solutions studio. Along, if you guys have any kind of secured payment solutions and/or even credit card terminals, please reach out to LGDirect.net or call them at eight five five seven 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 three eight six three eight five five. 777-3863. 777-3863. And we thank our sponsors always the same way. Red Light Banner, LL Radio, the Red Line LLC uh, Radio and Banner. Thanks to those guys, Dave Walchek, Lee Money, Chipper, uh, Lex Vegas, all those guys on the lineup over there. And again, check them out when you guys get the chance. Along with, of course, TJ Jones and the State of the Saints podcast, which he does an awesome job. And by the way, since last year when he came on, I still get all the notifications. I like to subscribe. So everyone, do me a favor, watch the show tonight. Please, same thing. Very good content out of TJ. You will never, ever get a boring show out of TJ. Honest to God, you never will. And TJ, I'm still a fan, so I still watch. So good job by you. Thank you for what you do. Uh, No problem. Uh, For Dylan, keep doing what you're doing, Dylan. Dylan will keep coming back on with us as much as possible. And also look forward to, as the offseason comes around, uh, we'll be adding a baseball element and more college uh, elements to the show. So stay tuned for that as we continue to grow here. A uh, couple of the last comments that I did see. Uh, all right. I don't know this person here, but I'm going to end up banning this one. Some people are just ridiculous. That's a damn uh, disgrace. Yeah, it I'm is. I'm going to say it. Because yeah. I saw it and it made me sick. Yeah, it's freaking, it's ridiculous. You God 
Mm. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I, I didn't catch it till just now because obviously I'm putting a promotion out there, but let's, you're just going to have stupid people, unfortunately. You're going to have stupid people. That's a people. thing of disgrace. You're a scumbag. And I'll say stupid. It's beyond stupid. You, Thank God. I mean, I'm I'm glad that you can't see it up there on the screen. Obviously, we can't hear in studio. And for anyone who saw the comments, I apologize. But yeah. me off, you goddamn. So, it just let it go. Because you got stupid people. We are in a different society today. And you're going to have idiots that are going to come out of nowhere, unfortunately. So I apologize to anyone who saw the comment. Hopefully uh, you guys didn't. But if you did, uh, it's, I apologize because people are just stupid. But he'll be banned forever. So you guys got nothing to worry about. Oh, good Lord. But let me get back to the comments here so we can end this on a good note. Uh, Jerry, again, thanks, you guys. Once again, the chemo, appreciate it. Chosen, thank you as well. Again, to the entire Who That Nation, Rick, we appreciate it. I know we're going to cover up with Saints, but we're going to try. I know what's going to happen, but I'm definitely going to try. Uh, Slim South again from the 504. Thank you so much. We do appreciate it. Uh, and again, yeah, that's good. Thank you, Jerry, because I, I did the same exact thing. Thank you. Yeah. So do I. I do the same thing I could, because people are just stupid. And it's the first time it's ever happened here. But again, it's just stupid people. They got nothing else better to do. And now just ended at that because I'm not going to get into a, a whole history video about it. But listen, TJ, again, who that nation? Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. And if you get a chance, by the way, I'll, I'll send you the date out to let you know exactly what it's going to be in the middle of December on a Wednesday. But I would love for you to come back because it's going to be about the guests that we had on for the first 100. So I, I'd, I'd appreciate if you come back on, even if it's five minutes, I'd appreciate you for you to come back on. Yeah, I mean, no, no doubt about it. Just, just, uh, just inbox me or hit me up. I'll be glad to get back on. You know, I know, um, I, I know you all reached out to me earlier. I mean, <laughs> I be running around. I got a new position at uh ninety point nine where I work, and it's been a little crazy. But I get back to you, and I'm always ready to be on your show, man. I love being here. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks Thank you. Well, wait, yeah, hard, so it. what's what's the new position? Uh, I'm a, a assistant uh, a direct director. Uh, Very nice. Like, uh, Listen, congratulations! I know it's it's kind of timing out there, but we'll wait for TJ to come back on. Did he come back on? No, he may have frozen there. But again, uh, Kimo, thanks again. I do appreciate it, along with everybody else that came on, minus the idiot who decided that that. Oh, people are just stupid, man. God, they are just yeah. stupid. That's crazy. Yeah. Just beyond stupid. It won't freaking, no. God, people are morons. But anyways, thanks to everyone who tuned in tonight. We do appreciate it. And, it, and for that one idiot, boy, you should freaking know better. For Debbie in the other room there in Studio B, for Dylan out here in Tampa, Fuji in Philly, again, for TJ out in New Orleans. Everyone, thanks for tuning in tonight. We do appreciate it. We will see everyone, if not Sunday, on the Gooses side of the house. We will see you come next week. We hope those of you who are not tuned in because we know we're going to be traveling for Thanksgiving, may you have a festive holiday. Enjoy the time with family and friends. And we hope that everyone is out there that they're safe. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We appreciate it. Have a great night.